Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please reserve. reserve. Yes. I ain't there yet, but got my reservation. Yes. And I want my ticket stamped. Bound for glory. Truly, Lord, we want a mansion. We want a robe. And we want a crown. I just like that song. Mansion, robe, and crown. I got about 10, 20 of them I just like. That it does something for my spirit. Truly, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. It remind me when I read in my Bible in a 1st King, 2nd King, or 1st Chronicle, 2nd Chronicle, whenever Israel will come back with a victory that they know they got from nobody else, from God, they came back singing. They came back cheering. Amen. They came back raising some noise up. Amen. Letting the whole city know right. that our God has given us again another victory. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm in battle on Mondays. Amen. I'm in battle yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah. I'm in battle on Wednesday, on Thursday. Yeah. I'm in battle on Friday. I'm in battle on Saturday. But when I make it to the house of the Lord on Sunday morning, I just want to raise my voice and sing and make some noise for the Lord, saying, Lord, again, you have given me the victory. Is that all right? Victory shall be ours, church. And we're so thankful to God. Maybe I'm the only one who goes through this stuff during the week. But when I can just make it to the house of the Lord with the people of God, who I know been through some of the same battles I've been through, I just got to raise my voice and say, thank you, Lord, for the victory in Christ Jesus. There's a war going on, and it's going on throughout all the land. Ain't nobody escaping this war. It's not only just a spiritual war, but it's a psychological war. You see it in the White House. You see it in the Congress. You see it in the State House. You see it in the neighborhood. You see it on your jobs. You see it in your house. You see it at the doctor's office. You see it at the lawyer's office. There's a war going on. And a war is for your soul. All the stuff you, your trials, and your tribulations, the devil trying to make you quit. Devil trying to make you give up and say it ain't worth it. The devil lying to you and saying they they got the same stuff out there they got in here. Devil lying to you and saying that I can do better all by myself. And the devil lying to you and saying that 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 it, it ain't never gonna change. And the devil lying to you and saying that this ain't gonna work or that ain't gonna work. But it's a lie straight from hell. Because the devil is trying to take your joy. Somebody said, I heard somebody said there ain't no better out there than it is in here. Oh, it's a whole lot better in here. Cause ain't no blood out there but we got the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus breaks every chain breaks every storm breaks every 
wind. It breaks it because it's his precious blood. I'm just so thankful and happy to God for what he has and will do in, in my life. Truly, I'm thanking for God because God has something to say. I want to let you know, if you only knew, first of all, that family vacation Bible school. My, my, my. They incorporate everything they could find. They threw in that bad boy. They had folk over there raising from the dirt. Yes, sir. They had, they had uh, folk over there that was broken, getting repaired. They had the young people believing that they can reach their purpose, that they can reach their destiny. We got moms and dads who may have, we couldn't get them out to the church in no other way, who came out to be with their children last week. And imagine how many children you touched last week. Imagine how many children you touch. I don't care if you just giving them a hamburger or giving them a hot dog or giving them a smile or saying we love you or saying God loves you and God cares about you. Coming out Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and, 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 and Wednesday, I know it was over for you, but Thursday you came out again and, 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 and Friday you just picked yourself up and dragged yourself out for the, for the, for, for the, big, the, for the big conclusion of it. And, and, and let me tell you, it's good. Listen, the kids ain't want to go. Every time they come out, I say, how y'all like it? We can't wait till tomorrow. We can't wait till tomorrow. Brother and sister Davis and your staff and everybody that work with you, well done. Because that's what the church is about. The church is about touching the lives. Am I right? It's about touching the lives of every soul. And we want to give God a good report that we sacrifice right. to make a difference. Yeah. I believe if one child don't grow up to go the wrong direction, uh -huh. but stay the course right. because of some little thing they might have had, right. the Bible said it's worth it all. For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? If we say, if the church saves one soul, Oh, my Lord, my Lord. Some of y'all forgot how, how y'all was in the battlefield. And some of y'all brought some from fruit into the vineyard. You taught some folk. And, and some folk you taught and they didn't come. You still get points for that. You still get a crown for that. God still writes your name down and say, well done. My good event. It ain't about you winning nobody. You can't, I can't win. No. God got to open that heart up. All God wants us to do is just do our part. There's a war going on. That's why last year, when Brother Veal and I as shepherds came together and said, we have to shepherd this congregation to maturity. And it doesn't stop at somebody thinking they're on their way. Because there should always be new babes coming in the fold that need shepherding to maturity. And we realize it's more than a two-man, three-man, four-man job. We realize shepherding God's people is a job that is vast 
and it's needed because we realize that if you can't see what's going on out there, the devil is after you. The devil is after me. The devil said, I already got them. Somebody, somebody wonder, why am I going through all these storms? Because he's after you. And see, like, they don't go through nothing. I go through everything because he got them already. He got them. They're already locked up, locked down, chained up. But you running free in Jesus. You're running free in God. So what the devil does is he'll turn up the heat in your life trying to get you to quit, trying to get you to stop, trying to get you to let go. So as shepherds, we realize that the Bible is right. He said a two-fold cord is strong and a three-fold cord can't easily be broken. And we realize that the best way to fight the assault of the devil is by putting together a strong discipleship ministry where two or three are hanging together all the time. Supporting each other and encouraging each other and backing each other. And time everybody goes through a storm, and if they don't have nobody, the devil gonna try to cut them off. Yeah, right. Bible called the devil a roaring lion. That's what he said in first, first Peter 5. And he says, seeking who he can devour. Anybody know how a lion stalks you? A lion sits at the grass in the grass in the, in the high grass in the plain of the Sierra. And he looks out. And he see the, the sheep or herd coming through. He's a smart animal. Because he realized his first strategy is to, to, to stay low. And he's looking, because he don't want, he got a lot of energy he want to waste. Because lions, they strong and mighty, but they can't run a whole lot. So they gotta make their kill good. So he strategizes and say now. I ain't going to mess with the big fat zebras or elks or oxen or sheep. He said, I, I'm going to go after the weak. I'm going to find one that's weak. I'm going to find one that ain't been eaten, ain't been ain't nurtured properly, got some type of injury they going through. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to run out there and I'm going to fake like I'm going after the ones that are ahead of me. But when I get full steam, I'm going to turn. And I'm going after one that I've always been planning to get from the get-go. The ones who can't move fast. The ones who are weak. And when he turn on that one, Oh, that devil, something, that enemy, something, that lion, something else. He's like a laser. <laughs> and he's smart enough not to let the fat ones distract him no more. Because his aim is on that one right there. And he begins his pursuit. And that rascal picks up steam and he's just rolling. He's just rolling. And, and, and to get you real good, he's just trying to let out one. For you know. Before you know it, he pounced on you. And he drags you away from the group. And that animal is no more. 
It's lunch. It's done. And the enemy metaphorically asks a lion, he has a big appetite. He ain't satisfied with just one. Because he feels as though for as many weak ones as hang with the strong ones, I can get them. Now, the trick with the big animals is they stay as close as they can with the big animals. And the babies are told, I don't know the language they're using, but God knows us. Stay with mom and dad. And when that lion comes to mess with that little one, let me tell you, mamas and all uh, animal, mineral, and vegetable, animals, whether it be human or animals, they're going to fight for their babies. And that mother oxen will be putting something on that lion. And then daddy, who was running, looks behind him with them big old horns. And he see that? He just coming back. All the fear gone out of him. And that lion knows. That lion said, I got I was trying to separate him. But they hanging, they, they family hanging together. When that daddy come with that horn, that lion. Start moving around and, and growl that he don't even care. Yeah, that's right. And if he catch up with that line, it's going to be on. Because that family has stayed together. What are you saying, Brother Bethia? Our discipleship program around here is no longer do we want anyone to be separated. We want everybody to connect it. Have a discipler or be discipled. Want you to be both of them. I, I'm being discipled and I'm a discipler. Brother Veal's being disciple. He's a disciple. Church, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's the only work you, way you're gonna survive. Because devil, and you should you should know yourself. When are you at your weakness? You're at your weakest when you're by yourself thinking crazy stuff. All alone, can't nobody get you off of that, off of the, off the cliff. Right. And you're just standing there. Right. I don't nobody, I don't care. I'm tired of these bills. I'm tired of this house. I'm tired of these doctors. I'm tired of the lawyers. I'm tired of the police. I'm tired of the judge. I'm tired of not having no food. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of all these trouble. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you need somebody talking to you right now. You need somebody reminding you who you are right now. And that's what the Make a Fun Factory is all about, making sure the kids know who they belong to. They're children of the Most High God. What time of time I got? I just, I'm still got, that was part of my sermon. Make sure when you look in your bulletin real quick, too, make sure you got Sister Ornetta's right address. Because when we take her things over to the house for the family, for feud, uh, and the loss of her father, uh, it is wood ring. Road, Wood Ring Road near Hartford Road in Northern Parkway. So change that from Wood Ridge to Wood Ring. She sent out an email, a, a correction, but everybody didn't get that. So we want to make sure that you have all that information. The funeral will be tomorrow morning at, at um, up to, excuse me, two, the viewing tomorrow. The viewing is tomorrow, I believe, from 4 to 8 at Vaughn Green, York Road. And the funeral is on Tuesday morning at that same location. Um, I believe the funeral, the wake is 10. 
and a funeral is 1030. 1030, 11. Funeral of the wake is 1030. The funeral is 11 o'clock. And that's York Road, Vaughn Green, York Road, York Road location. Um, so I'm going to continue to support her and support the family. I want to let you know that whenever somebody lose a parent, and, I, and now I can talk about it. Whenever somebody lose a parent, our, our behavior is off. We off our norm. We, we, the stuff we normally do, the stuff you normally could count on, you might not count on as, as directly or clearly as you could for this season. Because you're off, because your mind just thinking, gone everywhere, and it's all over the place, and, and the loss is overwhelming, and you want them to, could I have said something? Could I did something? Was I not there enough? You know, you're just all off. So whenever somebody lose somebody real close, they need, we need one another to give us clarity, to give us balance, and to help us during that season. Is that all right? So please remember to pray for, for her and for the family. One more thing, then the sermon. Uh, Sandtown is next at the end of August. Sandtown. We are uh, so please focus on the book bags, getting uh, two or three book bags and drop them in the boxes because we've been airing that we're coming down there on the radio. We've been knocking doors, giving out flyers, doing good seating in that area to let them know we're coming back again. We're trying to plan a congregation there, so we want to do this effort to let the congregation know that we've come to help, we've come to be a benefit to them. Physically as well as spiritually. So if you can, if you have not put, if you put the book bags out there already, thank you so much. If you haven't, please do that and make sure we have enough book bags to give away. Last thing we want to do is not have enough book bags to get away and make this big old announcement and we don't have the, the, the material. Is that all right? Amen. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, I want you to know that this that VBS was on my mind so much until I had to go to my Bible and I had to be reminded again about who God is. There's a lot of names and there's a lot of attributes that God has. Whether we call him God or Jehovah, whether we call him, whether his attribute be strength, whether his attributes be might, whether his attributes be love and mercy and grace, and maybe his attributes might be uh, 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 just being severity. Sometimes we need a spank. But our God is an awesome God. And when you look, up, look at God, what I want you to know about him is, is that God is a God that has no problems fixing broken things. Every one of us in this building, at one time or another, were a broken thing. Broken thing and needed to be fixed. And God, with his infinite wisdom, needed to get the point across to you and I that he is a fixer. That he, he can fix broken things. He's, he's the creator. He can do anything. He's the almighty maker. 
That's the title of my sermon. Let me talk to you about the almighty maker who has no problem fixing broken things. First thing I want you to understand about God is the Bible said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. So ably read by Brother Booker. I'm going to read it one more time for emphasis sake. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. First of all, I'm going to tell you this, and that is that there is a God who lives among us, who is the source and the foundation of all things. Nothing moves, nothing exists, nothing do nothing. Nothingness do nothing without his approval. He is that powerful. He's the source of everything. And that's why he gets so jealous. Whenever we turn our attention to something else, our cars, our, our, our houses, our money, or, or our health, or anything, over him being our source of everything. He does not like that. He considers that unthankful and ungrateful because he's God. Our God is a God who has no difficulty, listen now, claiming and explaining to us that he is God alone. There's no one else has any type of religious book other than the Judaism and Christian Bible in which God himself says, I'm the man. Who said, I'm God and besides me, there is none other. God is the only one who has the authority to not only say, I'm God and I'm the source of everything, I'm the foundation of everything, I'm the root of everything. And he has no, no problem telling you, nobody else in this world can tell you where you come from. No one in this world can tell you how the earth was formed. Nobody, nobody, no scientist, no doctor, no, 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 nobody. Only God is bold enough to say, this is how I did it, and you can't do nothing about it, whether you like it or not. So he describes, he's the author, he's the builder, he's the maker. It says, in the beginning... In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's twofold. In the beginning is time, but in the beginning also is, here's the first thing I did. Here's how I started it off. In the beginning, I created. I created it. I used my strength, my energy. And I created it. And then he said here, I created the heavens. And the earth. You ain't got to guess where Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn, and all them pictures come from. God said, I did it. I did it because I am the mighty maker. 
The Bible says, and then when I, he said, and when I created the earth, he said, and the earth was without form and it was void, meaning to teach you that I fixed broken things. I didn't start off building everything great. I started off building it in repair. Y'all ain't got that. God could have said, earth be there with everything on it. And it wasn't because he God. But he said, I got to teach my children who's going to read this book of Moses, Genesis, to understand what I did and how I did it. He said, I created earth. And the earth was void, empty, dark. It had no form. That's how I started off. And then he said here, and without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. Right. Meaning there was a dark, empty, without form, liquefied something. God said, that's how I did it. And then he said here, and the spirit of God, he said, my spirit moved upon the face. Other other waters. He letting you know my spirit begin to make stuff happen. That's why whenever you get broken and you're sinning in the world, you've never known God, you've never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're broken, you messed up. That's why the first thing you need, that the earth needed God's spirit and you need the first thing you need is to obey God so he can get his spirit into you. Why? Because without God's spirit into you, you will continue to not understand this life and not understand how stuff work. Now, if you don't believe me, grab anybody over 70 and they will tell you that they are at their best. Now, they're not their old. They kind of understand some stuff. I know I'm right about it. I know I'm right about it. Because you've been through some stuff. And when you've been through some stuff and look back, you be saying, hey, I, I shouldn't have did that. I should have did this. I should have did that. I shouldn't have did this. I should have, I should have did this. And I should have did this. And I should have did it. Because now, now you got it. Well, what God does for you, whether you're young or old, is he infuses you with his word and say, learn this word, follow this instructions, and you're going to have a better life with me than without me. That's how I know discipleship works. Because it's God who said a twofold cord is strong and a threefold cord shall not be easily broken. And it's God who said I sent them out two by two. It is God who said look after one another. It's God who said you are family. Not only that, he is the almighty maker. That word almighty means there's nothing he can do. See, we, sometimes in our little life, we use words and we, we say things and we don't even understand what we're really saying. You know, everybody now into this word awesome. Have no idea if you really knew what awesome was. You would not waste that word on this stuff you wasted on. We use words like stupendous. We use stupendous stupidly. 
Because we would not, we would not exaggerate stuff. You eat somebody chicken and say, this chicken is awesome. It is not awesome. It is not awesome. In fact, you're going to learn in God's body, bitter water tastes sweet when you're hungry. It's in the book. What God is trying to say is, see, some of you got children right there, child. I won't eat, I won't eat, I won't eat. Leave them alone. You panicking? I got to feed them. Doctor, they're not eating. Doctor, what can I give them? No, God has built something in them already. If you just give it time to work. And, and most of you grew up in houses like I grew in. You know, you say you hate something until like the second day. When mom and dad ain't giving in, all of a sudden you start smelling. It don't smell that bad this time. The Bible is right. The almighty maker first created empty and desolate a form of the earth to show us how he chose to begin to fix that which he was thought off being in need or broken. So we would know whenever we get broken and in need, we too can come to him. Then it says on verse 3, and God said, let there be light. Listen. When the Bible said God said. See, that's all you got to do. That's all he just speaking. And it comes to be. Because he God. I expect that from an almighty maker. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't serve nothing. Anything I'm qualified to be my God, got to be able to help me. Got to be able to take me to a place where I need to be. Sometimes we let our cars be our God, but when it breaks, you got to fix it. What kind of God is that? Sometimes we let money be our God, but you ain't got no power to keep it. I wouldn't serve nothing to be my God if I can't keep it. Oh, church, church, church. Listen, God, as he deals with this, God just spoke the word. Go to Hebrews 11 and 3. Hebrews 11 and 3. The Bible says here in Hebrews 11 and 3 in the great hall of this book of faith that that's how it came to be. It says here, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That means it was nothing. He said worlds. And they boom. Things that were nothing. God, listen, if you want God to fix you, God can, listen, I don't know what you're going through, but God can fix you like that. Y'all, God can fix you. He can, you ever notice how one day is good, the next day is terrible? That, that's called life. But when you serve God and, and you just go through your test, God got the ability to snap his finger. He got to snap his finger. It doesn't change. And all of a sudden, your whole world changed. Because he's God. And he can, you got cancer, God can say cancer be gone. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. 
Because he's God. All by himself. So the Bible says here, I'm going to show you what he framed. He just not say, let there be light. But the lights he's talking about is all the worlds. Listen to this. When he said that, we got to understand that in the beginning in Genesis, as he works and teaches us, as he deals with light, another thing you're going to find in Genesis is, is that when you're dealing with God, God is a God that knows how to break things apart to his will. God, from the very beginning, did not want light and darkness hanging out together. <laughs> from the, it's, in the, it's in the book. Genesis 1 is in the book. Uh, uh, read the text. The text in Genesis 1 says here, verse 4, And God saw the light, and that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. From the very beginning, he ain't wanting light and darkness hanging out. And we just love hanging out in darkness. We have our very best, best thrills in darkness. We can't nobody see us and we think can't nobody hold us accountable. We think nobody know what's going on. God said, I, I made light and darkness and I don't want them hanging out together. So I did, from the beginning, I divided them. Bible says here, when you look here, he said in verse 5, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Gave him a name. Day and night. He, and then Jesus comes along and said, you're not children of the darkness. You're children of light. That means you are children who are connected with the source. Because of the light. Let me help you out. If you look at this text, God had not yet begun to make the sun yet. The sun is not there yet. I know y'all thinking light means sun. No. Not in God's world. God is the light. So the Bible tells us here, when you're dealing and looking at light, listen, light has always been a source of strength energy and revitalization some of y'all know I ain't got no green thumb but some of y'all know when a plant is sitting in the dark too long what do you got to do with it you got to put it in the light well why what's in that what what, 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 you trying to give it a tan I mean what you put it in the light for you're just trying to to take it out the dark and put it because it looks pretty no you've learned that there are nutrients in that light that revitalizes. Wait a minute, y'all ain't got this yet. Have you ever been trapped in a dark house or a dark too long? What happens when you don't see the sun for about eight days? Don't your body start craving just a little bit of sun? And what happens when you ain't had sun in some places, they don't have sun like in Seattle maybe for, for 21 days? And they finally walk out to that sun. All, all the cells in their bodies and, and, and all the, the, the vitamin D coming from the, of that sun. Oh, just feel, oh, just feel so, ooh. You can feel your body absorbing it. 
You can feel your body soaking, soaking it up, soaking it up, soaking it up. Soaking it up soaking it. And see, and, and I got one. See, everybody can't do the sun like I can do the sun because you can get sunburned. I can suck it up a long time. It's feeling good. It's just feeling, it's feeling good. It's just, it's just feeling good to me. Y'all got to run inside. Ooh, it's hot. No, not me. I'm it's just feeling good. It's just feeling good. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. It's doing something to me, but not like it does to you. See, when I raise my shirt, it's two different colors, but it's not that much of a difference. See, but y'all can't even tower. It's hot. So I can talk about sun. Just soak it up. So I'm going to work out. I know it to be a source of energy, a source of strength, a source of revitalization. I know it to be that God has given the light because God said now he's the light. That means he's a source of strength. He's a source of energy. He's a source of revitalization. Whenever your life go wrong, get in the light. Oh, church, 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 church. I better show you all something. Go to Genesis. Go to John 1. Go to John 1. It was Jesus, the maker as well, who begins to talk about it in a, in, in, in a meaningful way here. Listen. Let there be light before sun and stars, showing man that light is a substance, not an effect. It is, it is a substance. Now, it does its energy. It ain't just illuminating. Sometimes we only see it as illuminating. That sun ain't just illuminating. It's feeding you some energy. Feeding the whole world, all the plants in the forest. They eating dinner in the light. Light has always been that type of source. Look at John chapter 1 and verses 9 and 10. What does it say, Claiborne? That was the true light. Uh-huh. Which lighteth every man uh -huh. that cometh into the world. Uh -huh. He was in the world, uh -huh. and the world was made by him, uh -huh. and the world knew him not. Hold it right there. God is being, the sun is being personified as the light. And I want you to know here is that because he was in the beginning with God. Listen, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. That's our God. That's the one who loves you. That's the one that's going to take, that's the one that's going to command you to let your light shine by going out to this whole world and evangelize and disciple folk and get ready for his coming because he's coming back. What time is it? I'm almost done. Watch this. It says here in verse 3, some things were made by him. Oh, no, all things. Oh, all things were made by him. And without him was not some things made. Anything, anything. Without him was not anything made that was made. How dare you? Talk about I love God and shake your puny little fist at Jesus. That is, that's ignorant stuff. Okay. Means I don't know, you don't understand. Uh -huh. 
Jesus was with God in the beginning. Amen. What's the beginning? The alpha before there was chronological time. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I mean to go scientific on you. Before there was recorded time, okay. he was with yes. his father. And then the text says here, watch this, watch this. Verse 4. I am, I, I, in him was life, and the life was the what? Light of men. And the light do what? Shining. And what? In darkness. And what? And darkness comprehended it not. Look out. Stay away from the darkness. Stay away from the darkness. The God in the beginning separated Jesus separated him right here. He says here, the darkness can't understand God. Okay. The darkness can't understand the precepts of God. The prison, because it's darkness. Okay. Amen. Right. Oh, church, 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 church. Uh, and the light shineth in darkness, reading verse 5 again, and the darkness comprehended it not. Yes, sir. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Okay. What verse 7 say? The same came from, came from. For a witness uh -huh. to bear witness of the light uh -huh. that all men through him might believe. One more, eight. He was not the light. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. God sent Jesus to be the light. Okay. But somebody got to get the folk ready for the light. Amen. So he sent John the Baptist yeah. to, to uh, evangelize the people, right. stir them up right. to tell them, that the Messiah is coming and to baptize them in Jordan for his preparation. All right. In the time we live in today, Jesus is coming back again. Okay. And who has he left on this world to get the people ready? That they may know that the light is coming and they don't want to be caught in darkness. So while we sitting home watching Martin and I Love Lucy and, 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 and NCIS and, and ABC News and NBC News and whatever you're watching. Scandal and empire and power and all this other stuff. Who's preparing the world for the light okay. that look at, looking at this world that show enough is about to come. All right. Amen. Now that the uh, the maker fun house that was a good that was good. Okay. Yeah, bringing them in, we talking to them, we loving them. That's just, but that's just that should just wet our whistle. That's your way. And let me say this, too. And that's why discipleship is so important, because why you don't have maybe nobody who's lost to teach right now. There's folk in sitting next to you right now that need some of your knowledge, that need some of your wisdom, that need some of your fellowship, that need some of your friendship, that need some of your attention, that need some of your 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 spirit. Sitting right next to you. And you want to Oh, God, please send me somebody to teach. Well, look to your right. Look to your left. Amen. Look behind you. Yeah. Look in front of you. They're yeah. sitting somewhere around you begging for somebody to share your life with me. Watch the text. Watch the text. And when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it. And that's why after service, we're having a discipleship, discipleship meeting for those who 
need to attend that meeting to kind of understand your roles and responsibility. It's only 15 minutes right here in the second. Because I, I, want, I want everybody to be clear and fresh on what we're doing so you will know exactly what is expected so we can carry out the, the ministry of discipling and bonding and, and coming together with our church family. Amen? Amen. It ain't going to be that long. It ain't going to be that long. Right. And I had to throw it out there. I should have did it in the beginning, but, but that was a commercial break. Now, back to the text. The text says here, looking at it here, in verse number 9, Brother Claiborne, able to be ready. Hit it again, Brother Claiborne. That, you want 8 or 9? Eight. 8. Okay. He was not the light, uh -huh. but was sent to bear witness of that light. That's like we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bear witness that Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm -hmm. And we shall not be moved from that position. You should not bend from that position. You should not stray from that position. Jesus Christ is Lord God Almighty. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. John the Baptist was told to say that, and he could not turn to the right. Or to, he had to do just what God commanded him to do. Keep going. That was the true light. True light. Which bringeth every man, excuse me, which lighteth every man. That cometh into the world. Keep going. Yes, sir. He was in the world. Uh-huh. And the world was made by him. Uh-huh. And the world knew him not. I uh, knew him not. But I like this last one. What is that last one? What that next one say? He came unto his own. Uh-huh. And his own received him not. Hold it right there. Just like back then, he was rejected by men. Today, he could be rejected by men today. There's no way to get around that. There's, oh, church, oh, oh, there's no way to get around that. There's folk don't want nothing to do with Jesus. And, and, that's not, once that is made, that's not really our business. That's God's business. Oh, y'all read the text, read the text, read the text, watch the text. What did it say? Twelve. Twelve. But as many as received him. But those who want him. To them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Son of God. To them he gave power to become a son of God. Keep going. Even to them that believe on his name. On his name. Almighty maker is looking for broken people. All right. Amen. If you know anyone that's broken. Keep pointing them to the almighty maker and his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Keep pointing them. Keep pointing. If they're lost and never obeyed the gospel, go teach them about the almighty maker All right. who specializes in broken things. Okay. Watch this one man, and I'm done. John 3. John chapter 3. This is usually a sermon by itself, but I just want to use him as somebody broken. Okay. Bible said in John 3 and 1, and there was, a man, there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Yeah. A ruler of the Jews meaning that he was a ruler in a religious order, okay. Judaism. Okay. Two, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher of God. A teacher come from God, right. for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Why did he come by night? Because he knew he felt something is wrong. Right. He felt something is off. That's why he came by night. Amen. 
Coming by night means that he was coming where he could not be seen by everybody. He, he, he did not want to be sick. He wanted, he wanted, see, he wanted an answer, but he, he's, a, he's a leader, so he don't want to come in the daytime okay. and let the people catch a leader asking another leader a question. So he want to come at, he want to come at nighttime. At nighttime. Some said maybe he had a day job. I don't read that in the text. <laughs> All I read in the text is that this man came by night right. to talk to Jesus yeah. because he knew something was wrong. What did it say, Claiborne? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, uh-huh. verily, I say unto thee, uh-huh. except a man be born again, uh-huh. he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus, he didn't ask you. He didn't even tell Jesus, Jesus, what do you think about me? Jesus said, Jesus already knew he was broken. All right. And Jesus already told him that except a man, and, and, and look what it says here, church. It says here, verily, verily. Yeah. Ver- one verily means Truth for sure. Uh-huh. Two is out of this world. <laughs> for sure, for sure, he told him, you broke, you broke. All right. Amen. <laughs> he said, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 4. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Too many times we ask you the wrong questions. Okay. He, we ask it the wrong question. He want to figure out. He said, oh, how can I be born again? He should have said, what do you mean by being born again? Yeah, amen. A man be born with his own. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Five. Jesus answered. Uh-huh. Verily, verily. There you go again. Uh-huh. I said unto oh, thee. Oh, thank you. Yes, you have two times. There it is. Yeah, that's right. He said, pop, pop. Verily, verily, truly, truly. He basically said, listen to me again, listen to me again. What did he say? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, uh-huh. except a man be born of water uh-huh. and of the spirit, uh-huh. he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Y'all hear that? Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he can't enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he has to be, uh, have his sins washed away and he has to have the spirit to lead him and guide him to all truth. And too many times we get baptized in water, but we don't let the spirit lead us to all. We resist it. We quench it. We grieve it. And then ask God, well, somehow, someway save me, Lord. I'm resisting. I'm quenching it. I'm grieving it. But I know somehow you're going to save me. You better read your Bible. No, no, no. It's got to be your love for him. He ain't going to make you. He wants to see how much you love him. I do not make my children say thank you when I give them something no more. Uh-huh. I just see what they got in them. Uh-huh. I see what they got in them. They got a couple of dollars. Boom, 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 boom. I just wait and see. If they get in, say, mm. see you tomorrow. <laughs> then I know that's going to be the last money. <laughs> Give me a little while before we get some more money like that. Amen. See, all, right. all God wants to see is your gratefulness. All right. He wants to see your thankfulness. Yes. He wants to see that you love him. That's all he wants here. Amen. And we look at the text here. It says right here, he says here, except a man are born again of water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 6, it says, that which is born of flesh is flesh. All right. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Let me come, look up. 
Just like you are what you eat. A tree is known by its fruit. You can say anything you want. God is a fruit inspector. And when he comes back, he's going to check out your tree. And if your tree is not doing what it's supposed to do, you can't say, God, I was waiting for you to help me do what I'm supposed to do. Because he can say, as, as Luke 8 said, uh, uh, Luke, uh, Matthew 25 said, you knew I was a hard man. You know that I reaped what I didn't sow. You know me. Meaning you know there is an expectation of you to live up to the profession that you made to me. And whenever you strive to do that, now you're going to get God mercy. Now you're going to get God grace. Because you are doing the best you can, and he's going to help you to do more. So I'll close this lesson out with this. The Maker Fun Factory. It was fun indeed, but it was also serious business. Amen. You should have seen the people looking in the room when they saw Matthew sliding around like a snake. <laughs> you should have seen the people in the room when they saw Josh Bailey come from nowhere. They were like, yeah. They were like, wow. They read it in the book. But now to see a visual of that dirt moving, that gives them pause and say, wow, God is an almighty maker. And he's able to do above all we ask and of all we think. I want you to leave here today saying that to yourself, that my God is the source of my life. He's the source of my strength. And any time I break, he has the power to fix me. Because he proved it over and over again. If he can take a boy planet and in six days bring it to life, then he can do that for my life. If God can take somebody who is, who is, who is, who is broken and who, is, who, who has been broken and lost, and now make them preach the gospel for them after he persecuted them. Then he can help me as well. And if you're out there and your life is gone crazy, we got a great maker. He's a mighty maker that can remake your life better than it has ever been if you just trust him and if you just love him. What do I got to do, preacher? Hear God's word. Believe God's word, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and get yourself baptized in the Christ for the remission of your sins, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then, be faithful unto death, and he'll give you a crown of life. If you're out there and you're subject to the Savior's invitation, if you want the almighty maker to start doing some work on you, he can work on you now. I hear somebody say, well, when would he start working on it? As soon as you asked him. As soon as you get certain, say, Lord, I need you to start working on me. Now, wait a minute. I almost scared you now. But the great physician, when he works on you, everybody listen. When you break your arm and go to a doctor, he has to do something called reset your arm. 
That means if it broke that way, he got to smash this way. It's painful, but it's necessary for the healing process. Sometimes in our lives when things go wrong, when we walk down that dark, stinking road, and you say, God, make me over, he's going to turn you around. And y'all walk back through that dark, stinking road to get to the other side. Because that's in God's plan to, to, to test you and, to, and, 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 and to, to, to make you right and to, and to make sure you understand who he is and that there's consequences for our actions. But once he gets finished with you, oh my goodness, once he gets finished with you, you'll be on your way to heaven and really singing mansion, robe, and a crown. Won't you come right now as we all stand and sing the hymn of invitation to give somebody the opportunity to obey God. Have you been... Before we sing our last stanza, maybe there's someone out who want to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to think that we were going to sing two more stanzas and, and start getting ready and then we, we sit down. So I'm going to tell you right now, get ready, get your mind ready. And if you want to obey the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, it's as, busy, be, as easy as ABC. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's it. He that believeth. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And who gets themselves baptized to, 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 for the remission of their sins. Then they're going to rise up a new creature in Christ Jesus. Having all their sins washed away. That's it. I know you go someplace else. You got to do cartwheels and all that stuff. Not here. I know you go someplace else. You got to sit on the morning's bench. Not here. And it goes someplace else. It's a long process. Not here. The Bible says on Acts 2 that all Peter said to them, when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So if you want it, you know how to get it as we sing this last stanza. Lay aside the garments that are 